I want to welcome you today to the continuation of a collection of sermons we are in called God Can. This series, as we've said throughout, is way more than a series. It is a statement of faith, a declaration announcing what we believe that God can, maybe even for you, that God can do what you have categorically set to the side and believe God can't do that. God doesn't do that or God won't do that for me. No, throughout this series, what we are doing is we are unpacking and unlocking, exploring together the God who can save you. He can save you. The God who can guide you. God can lead you, guide you, direct your steps. The God who can fight for you. The God who can provide. The God who can do so very much. And I am excited today to unpack another reality of who our God is, of what it is he can do. Because today, if you got those notes, come on, you got those notes uh, downloaded from our website, you're pulling them up, you're following along right now, that's great. Or you got some paper notes, I want you to get this in your heart, that God can heal. We serve a God who absolutely, positively, can heal. Now, there are some people who do not believe that. They believe in the same God I believe in, but they don't believe that. They don't believe that God can heal, that God can do miracles, that this is not the work that he is still involved in. I'm here to tell you, I ain't one of them people, okay? I believe God can heal. I believe he is the same yesterday, Today and forever. I believe that what he did do, he can do. And by faith, he will do. That God can heal. If he did it back then, then he can do it today. And, and he will do it for the honor and the glory of his great name. And so today what I want to do is I want to take you on a little bit of a journey, okay? Because I understand to say that God can heal. Uh, some of you are, are uh, maybe a little reluctant to me even saying, you say, he's just going to like pump us up and try to get us to think that God can heal. And, and, and maybe. Because I believe this in the core of who I am. I believe this is what God's word shows us and teaches us, and I'm about to go there too. But I also am going to embrace and unpack the very real tension that we all, I believe, wrestle with on this reality that God can heal. Because today... I want to build your faith, but I also want to break your fears because the God we serve can heal. Come on, if you're ready for God's word today, maybe you're ready even to open your mind, to open your heart up to the God who can heal. With somebody in that chat at Church Online, just type, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Because we are going to begin today by reading the scripture together. And specifically, an account from the life of Jesus, as recorded by Matthew. I've selected this one on purpose because in just a few verses, 11 or 12 verses, we actually will find three different healings take place. It's sort of a snapshot, a, a record of then this, then this, then this. And they're unique, but yet all connected by a similar reality. A reality I want to bring to light to you on today. And so let's read the scripture together and, uh, and uh, see what God would have for us today. Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to be. Starting in verse 18, we're going to read all the way through verse 30. Here's the way the scripture reads. Suddenly, one of the leaders came and knelt down before him, talking about Jesus, saying, my daughter is near death. But come lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. Just then, a woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years approached from behind and touched the tassel on his robe. For she said to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I'll be made well. But Jesus turned and saw her. Have courage, daughter. He said, your faith has saved you. And the woman was made well from that moment. When Jesus came to the leader's house, he saw the flute players and a crowd lamenting loudly. Leave, Jesus said 
because the girl isn't dead, but sleeping. And they started laughing at him because the crowd had been put outside. He went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And this news spread throughout the whole area. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, shouting, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men approached him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe I can do this? Yes, Lord, they answered. Then he touched their eyes, saying, Let it be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were open. Have you ever seen someone struggling to do something that you could do for them easily? You, you see someone, maybe, maybe you strong, you know, you all, yeah. And you see someone trying to pick something up and you're like, oh, bless their little heart. Or, or you see someone trying to, trying to thread a needle and they just can't do it because they got, you know, they got nothing but 10 thumbs, you know, his fingers and they just can't ain't coordinate it like that. And you're like, bless their little, bless their little heart. I don't know if you can tell this. Uh, certainly you can't if you're listening uh, to the podcast. If you're watching online, maybe you're watching on your phone, you can't necessarily tell this. But I am, um, I'm taller than the average, the average person. I, I, I'm about six foot four. Now, now, my hope when I was little was to be seven foot tall because I thought that was how I was going to achieve my hoop dream. It didn't happen. I just stopped at six foot four. So here I am. So even though I'm not maybe what I wanted to be, I'm six foot four. I got long arms. And uh, and so I have the ability to to reach as a tall person to access some things as a tall person that sometimes those who are a little more vertically challenged can't get to. And uh, well, sometimes I. Uh, I get asked. I'll just be in the store, minding my own business, doing my own thing. And somebody who maybe isn't quite as tall as me, but sees something on a, on a shelf that they need, will uh, reach out to me, whether they know me or not. They often won't call me by name. They'll say, hey, sir, what up, tall man? Like, can you get that for me? Now, I, um, I never make a big deal of this. I just, you know, sure, like, let me, let me get this. And, and get it to you. I, 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 if I am asked, I will help it this way. Now, I, I, I don't really run around looking for short people being like, oh, you clearly can't reach shelf number four. Let me help you real quick. <laughs> like, I don't do that. But, uh, but if I am asked, I will help. Interestingly enough, this is only something that works one way. I don't know if you've noticed this. Us tall folk can't run around finding short people being like, I dropped something on the ground. And since you're so close to it, uh, would you mind picking this? Like, it don't work that way. It's a one-way one street. But I have. I mean, I have like hundreds, if not thousands of times in my life. Hey, can you reach this for me over at people's house? Hey, this is up on a shelf, and I normally have to get the ladder and call a crane. Can you help me? And yeah, I can get that for you. There was this one time, though, I was in a grocery store. And I had, uh, I had turned down... Uh, what is my favorite and least favorite aisle at a grocery store all at the same time. It's my favorite because I love it, but it's my least favorite because uh, it's not good for me. Uh, but I turned down the chip aisle. You know what I'm saying? I love the chip aisle. Like, I could, I could spend half a day on the chip aisle just exploring the new varieties and the new, I love the chip aisle. But I turned down the chip aisle because I needed to get some, some chips. Shout out to Frito Scoops, the family side of the back. Like, and, and, and I was walking down the chip aisle, and when I turned to go down the chip aisle, there was one other lady on a chip aisle. And, I mean, she was, you know, like, young, like, this was years ago, but she was probably, I don't know, probably 20-ish, you know, early 20s. And, uh, and she was, like, on her phone, and she had some stuff in her, in her little basket, like, sitting on the ground. But she needed something off the top shelf, and she was, um, she was short, short, short. And, like, there was no way she was going to get what she was trying to get. But she was kind of, like, on the phone doing this kind of thing, trying to get it. And I don't know what came over her. But she decided she was going to get what was on the top shelf, and she decided she was going to turn the shelves into a ladder. Like, I could see this when I turned the corner. And, like, I see it, and she starts to take a, a foot up onto the shelf. And, again, I'm not the type that runs around and volunteers my, my abilities in, in ways like this. But I just said, hey, do you, do, can I get something for you? Almost like I work there. Like, here I am at your friendly neighborhood Kroger or whatever, like, like trying to. But I was like, can I get something for you? And she looked at me, and, you know, I was my tongue, and she said, 
yeah, yeah, can you get that? And so I, I got her that because the last thing she needed was to be on the phone, and the next thing you know, the whole chip aisle has fallen on top of her, and now we got a whole situation. It's falling on top of me. All the chips I'm trying to eat is crushed. Like, like we just don't need that. So I volunteered my services. But most often, I, I, if asked, I'll help. If not asked, I don't help. Not because I'm mean or too busy. Just I ain't trying to run around and get in everybody's business. But I will tell you one more thing, and this 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 may surprise you, but um I am I am this tall every day. Like I don't wake up on some days and be like five foot three. Be all Kevin Hart habit. Like, that's not me. Like, like every single day I wake up, I'm this tall. My arms are this long. Every single day. Every single day of my life, the, the, the ability to reach the thing on a certain, the, like, that's there. The ability to do the thing, like, that is always on me. It's not something that fluctuates. It doesn't go up. It doesn't go down. It stays the same. I tell you that because... When we start to talk about healing, I think sometimes we trick and confuse ourselves into thinking that somehow for God to heal, we need a perfect storm to go on. Or we need God to be in a good mood or a generous mood or God to be on an up, not on a down. No, what you need to understand is the power to heal is always in God. It doesn't go up. It doesn't go down. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, if he did heal, he can heal, and he will heal. He doesn't need situations to go right. He doesn't need something to happen in a certain way for healing to come from. Healing is never about God's ability because God can always do anything. Come on, that is the thesis of this series. God can. He always, and if he can heal at any time, he can always heal at any time. That is who he is. And so, if healing for you, for me, or someone we know, someone we love, someone we're praying for, it is not about God's ability, because God's ability seems to stay the same and be consistent, then um, is healing all tied to us? Like, is the reason that some people are healed and other people aren't because of us? Well, no, but also yes, and sometimes and in some areas, but not, well, not entirely, but sort of. Can I explain? See, I want to share with you two significant ideas concerning healing that honestly pull at one another. But they are important for you to internalize in your mind, your heart, your soul, to let deep within you sit these realities. And so if you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write this down and begin to let this permeate uh, on the inside of you. Because God, write this down, does not heal without our faith. God, who can heal, does not heal without our faith. Now, it's not that he can't. It's not that our faith somehow becomes the juice and it powers him up and, okay, now I feel like, it's not that he can't. It's just that he doesn't. The, the Bible shows us over and over and over again, from Genesis to Revelation and everywhere in between, God's desire for our ask. Call on me. God said, and I will answer you. Like there's this desire in him for us to reach out to him, to recognize who he is, to recognize all he can do, and to ask him to do, to ask him to step in, to ask him to heal. And so it's always the start of God getting involved and others seeing God's involvement because God does not heal without our faith. Do you remember what we just read? I mean, we just read 11 or 12 verses from the book of Matthew, three different healings. And the leader 
whose daughter was sick, but really we know as the story went on, by the time Jesus got there, she had died. The leader's daughter was healed because of her father's faith to leave where he was, to leave the bedside of his sick daughter and go to Jesus. That took faith. It took faith to leave there, to leave the doctors, to leave his wife, to leave their children, to leave their friends, and to go find Jesus and ask Jesus to do what he, that took faith. But without that movement, that healing doesn't happen. The woman with the issue of blood was healed because of her own faith to reach out to Jesus, pushing through a crowd and touch the hem of his garment. Without that faith on her part, 12 years would have become 24 years. And at some point, maybe she ultimately leaves this life and finds healing. But her existence in this life would be remembered and marked entirely by the disease that overwhelmed her. The blind men were healed, Jesus said, according to the faith they had. God does not heal without our faith. Not because he can't heal without it. It's just that he doesn't. So this is all in Matthew chapter 9, the middle part, moving towards the end. If you were to flip a page or two in the Bible, you would find yourself in Matthew chapter 13. And in Matthew chapter 13, there's a very different proposition going on, a very different reality about the signs and wonders, the miracles, the healing coming through Jesus. In fact, it says in Matthew 13 that Jesus didn't do many miracles in a particular spot because of the lack of faith in the people that he was ministering to in that spot. In fact, the account that we read in Matthew is often jumbled together in Mark and Luke. And shortly after that, we find this contrast where there were people who had faith and Jesus healed them. And then there were people who did not have faith and Jesus did not do many miracles. Very few people, if no one got healed in those spaces. It's interesting. Because it's the same Jesus. Same healing power within him. But in one place, everyone gets healed. And in another place, practically nobody gets healed. See, it had nothing to do with the size of the need. It had nothing to do with the problem handed him because there's no problem too big for our God. It had nothing to do with the complexity of the situation. You've got a girl who has died. You've got a woman who has been suffering physically in her body every day for 12 years. You've got two men who cannot See, has nothing to do with the severity, has nothing to do with the complexity of the problem, but everything to do with the faith inside of people to believe that God can do what only God can do. See, it had to do with whether or not they believed that healing from God was possible for them, coupled with the faith to go to the one who can heal them. Which brings me to you. See, maybe the reason you've not been healed there is because you don't have the faith to believe that God can heal there. I didn't say you don't love God. I didn't say you're not a Christian. I didn't say you're not somebody on a journey of faith. I said maybe the reason that you haven't received healing there is because you don't have the faith to believe that God can heal there. I don't know if you've ever been at a, at a time of prayer or been around someone who, when they were offering the, the request that they wanted prayer for, the way they classified it was as an unspoken prayer request. Are you familiar with this? Has this ever happened to you? You've been with a group of people. Could just be even one other person. Could be, I have, a, I have an unspoken prayer request. Will you pray with me? Can, unspoken prayer requests are funny to me. 
And they're funny because even though they're unspoken, everybody knows what's going on, okay? Because when you offer up an unspoken prayer request, it means one of two things are happening. Number one, it could be that whatever you want prayer for or need prayer for is for one reason or another too embarrassing to you to talk about. Maybe it's too embarrassing because it's an addiction you have been fighting for a long time and you are embarrassed by the fact that you're still fighting it. Or it's a struggle that you feel embarrassed by the fact that you are struggling with that thing. Or it's something that you did or it's something that happened to you. You're like, I got this rash on my booty. And so rather than say, I got this rash on my booty, you're like, you know, I haven't unspoken. It just feels, for whatever reason, a little embarrassing to you. The other reason, the other category, if you will, of unspoken prayer requests are often... Um, Things that you don't really believe that God can do anything with. But you're a person of faith. You're a spiritual person. You love, you love God. You maybe know some Bible verses, love the scripture, and you, uh, you kind of want to give it to God, but like in your heart of hearts, you don't really believe that God can do anything with it. So you'll like kind of stick your toe into the waters of faith to the waters of, I'm going to give this to God, and you hope kind of that you get like pulled in, but you ain't about to jump in. What if God hasn't healed there simply because you don't have faith there? What if the reason that you're still struggling with that, what if the reason that healing hasn't come to you there is because there, right there, you don't have faith to believe that God can do something there. Because we have this duplicity, this contradicting reality within us. Because we pray for God to heal our sick relative, but we won't pray for sickness when it's in our own body. Because we think that maybe God could heal Meemaw and Peepaw, or maybe God could heal my cousin, or maybe God could heal my sister. But I don't think God could heal. I don't think God cares. I've done to a God, so I'll pray for them. But you won't pray for healing for yourself, or you'll pray for God to do a miracle in another country, but not in your own house. It's like, God, stop the bad weather hitting this country. God, protect these people. God, I pray you would bless. God, I pray you would provide. And we pray these things for people we don't know and people we can't see. But when it comes to our own house, we just don't feel like God's going to come and knock on our door and show up. So we'll pray for healing over there, but we won't pray for healing right here. You'll pray for peace for someone else. God, bring them peace in this situation. God, I pray you comfort them. And we will ask God for that for others but not to heal the anxiety that wrecks our own mind and our own heart. Not for him to be our perfect peace and to help us walk through difficulty and walk through struggle and walk through storm with faith and confidence. We'll ask for healing over there, but not right here. We'll ask for healing for them, but maybe not for us. We'll pray for the big, but not the small. Or we'll pray for the small, but not the big. Why not there? Why won't you take that to God? Why won't you take your issue, your sickness, your struggle, your I've been wrestling with this for 12 years. Your I can't do anything else in my own power. Your I've always been this way. Why won't you take that there to Jesus? You know, Jesus often said something interesting when he'd heal someone. Not necessarily every time, but way more than 50% of the time. In fact, he would say it so often that Pharisees and religious leaders who were around Jesus, sort of acting like they were the spiritual police of Jesus in his day, would, um, would, 
would have a problem with Jesus even saying it. We see it over and over. In fact, it happens in one of these three instances right here as the way Matthew records it. He would tell them as they're healed, they're saved. He told it to the woman with the issue of blood as we were reading. He, he said, your faith has saved you. Not healed. Saved. And it was that statement that would often get Jesus into trouble. The Greek word that's used when, when Jesus offers this admonishment, your faith has saved you, whether it's in Matthew 9 or in the many, many other places when Jesus offers this, is a Greek word called sozo. Very simple, four letters. Sozo. And, and sozo has a complex meaning that is never separated. Meaning sozo doesn't just mean one thing, it means many things, but it never means those many things individually. It always means all those many things together. Are you tracking? And sozo literally means salvation, like maybe you and I would think of salvation. Eternally. I'm not going to hell when I die. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with you. Like, salvation. And it means good health or healing. In fact, to say it more fully, sozo is healing in your soul or your spirit, in your body and in your mind. Sozo. And you can't disconnect the healing in your body from the healing of your spirit. You can't dis disconnect the healing of your mind from the healing of your soul. Sozo. Your faith has sozo you. And it's that same that most of us don't think God can do for us. I mean, if you would be honest, and I hope you are sitting at home, watching this online, checking this out on our YouTube channel, I hope you could be honest enough to see, to internalize, to process that the saving most of us don't think God can do is that. So you think God can save you from the hell to come, just not the hell of today. You, you, you hope, you, you wish, you believe that, that God can protect you because you prayed a prayer and you did the thing. So now you're not going to spend eternity separated from God. I, 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 God saved me. But you don't believe God can save you today. See, healing is about God stepping into the hell of today and doing what only God can do. Bringing sozo to your mind. Bringing sozo to your body. Bringing sozo to your soul. Your spirit receiving sozo, yes, but your body receiving it too. Your mind receiving it too. Your faith has saved you. See, I am one who believes it is time for people of God. It is time for people of faith to start taking the limits off of our God. To start having faith that looks a lot more like Matthew 9 than it does Matthew 13. Because a lot of us live in spaces and places, operate, even feel the whole of our lives look a lot more like Matthew 13. Jesus didn't do many miracles in your life. Healing very rarely knocked on the door in your situation. And a lot less of Matthew 9, where your faith has made you whole. According to your faith, it will happen, and you see. I don't know what in your life right now, you don't have faith that God can heal. But what I've been praying for you is that God changes that. And maybe he even begins to change it right now. That whatever struggle is your there, and you don't believe God can heal you there. Whatever your disease is, some of you have been sick for years. You don't talk about it. You don't tell anybody about it. It has just become part of your countenance, part of your energy level, part of what you have to manage. And you have lived sick. And it's because you just believe this is going to be what it's going to be. 
I don't know what it is. I don't know what perspective you have chosen to allow to wrap itself around your mind, but it's not the perspective of God. I don't know what relationship you've allowed to to take the life out of you. I don't know what outcome that you said it's always going to be this way. But my prayer is that it would be overwhelmed by faith today to get up from where you are and to get to Jesus, to rise up from your issue, to rise up from your situation, to even though healing hasn't come to you yet, you push through crowds, you push through doubt, and you get to the God who can heal. Because faith, write this down, is a demonstration because of a revelation. My Bible tells me that faith without works is dead. So don't tell me you have faith because you felt something. Show me you have faith because you did something. Faith is a demonstration, always, because of a revelation. At some point, you are going to have to push through the crowd emotionally, push through the crowd physically, push through the crowd in your mind that tells you God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. God can't do anything with that. You were born this way. You're going to be this way. It's always going to hurt like this. You are going to have to push through every obstacle, push through every doubt, push through every fear and run to God and really believe that he is who he said he is, and he can do what he said he can do. And by faith, reach out and touch him. Or not be healed. Because God will not heal without our faith. It's not that he can't. It's just that he doesn't. But if I could take a step back from my admonishing for a second and speak to those of you who doubt God can heal you there, I think I know why. I mean, I have a pretty decent idea. And it's because you know a time when God didn't you, um, you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed that you would be set free. But you're still bound. You've prayed for God to heal you from that addiction, but you feel more addicted today than you have at any point in your life. You, you prayed for them to get well. Prayed and prayed and prayed and they were a good person in your eyes and you said all the things and called all the people and tried to do all the things but yet they still are sick or they still passed away. And you wanted God to heal. You felt like maybe you believed God could heal. You were trying to push through the crowd. You asked God to work a miracle and nothing, nothing changed. And so what happened in you, or is happening in you, is you stopped believing. Not, not, not believing like in God completely, no, 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 no. No, you still like sort of trust him for your eternity and you, you, you sort of uh, have put your chips in the basket that I hope I have gone to church enough, said enough of the right things, prayed enough, I got baptized, I did the thing. That maybe, maybe, maybe when, when I pass from this life to the next, that God will say, I hope that works out. But um, you just don't believe that God can heal here, there, now. See, there is a tension to the fact that God will not heal without our faith. And it's this, and I'd love for you to write it down. God might not heal with our faith. God will not heal without our faith. 
Because faith gives God glory. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God will not heal without our faith. Let it be done to you according to your faith. But God might not heal with our faith. And this bothers the type A, I want everything on a spreadsheet. I want everything to balance out to zero type of people because we want A plus B to equal the result I want. If I do this and stop doing that, then this will happen and it'll be what I want. Because what we want is we want God to be a genie. <laughs> and we want prayer to be our how to get the genie to work for us. That's not how it goes. See, you ask God to do it, whatever it is, and it didn't happen. And maybe at some point along the way, you ask God to do something for a long time, or you ask God to do something, ask God to heal, and it was a big deal. They were important to you. This really, really mattered, and it hurt. In fact, it didn't just hurt in the past tense. It hurts right now. But then there have been other needs that have sort of piled up on top of that since then. Totally disconnected areas, but they sort of piled up on top of the same place where that unanswered prayer request, where that I believed God to heal, but he didn't heal me. They piled up on top of there. And the truth is God didn't heal that one time. And now you, won't, you believe that God won't heal anytime. I would tell you, for your own encouragement, that God doesn't answer all of my prayers. But you probably assume that. I mean, maybe you think because I'm a pastor, because of the work I do, because of my life, like, that maybe somehow I have some direct access to God. He there are times when I pray. There are things I've prayed for for years. Still ain't happening seem no closer to. But you probably assumed that. Can I tell you what you didn't assume? What I bet you didn't expect? What I bet you've never heard? Um, all of Jesus's prayers didn't get answered. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Lamb that was slain to take away the sins of the world. Jesus. Jesus, who tells a woman with the issue of blood, your faith has saved you, and in that moment she was healed. Jesus, who walks over to the, the leader's daughter and tells her daughter, wake up, and she literally is healed. Jesus, who told two blind men they could see and they saw for the first time in life, that same Jesus had prayer requests that God did not answer. I could point you to John 17 where Jesus prays actually for you and for me. He, he prays uh, a prayer over every person who would come after him, who would believe that he was the Messiah, that he is the king, that he is the one who takes away the sin of the world. And he prays a prayer for us. And if I could just be honest, his prayer is not being answered. He says, Father, make them one. Let them be unified as you and I are when I and them and you and me that the world would know you would send me. Jesus prayed for unity among us because he believed that that was the greatest testimony to our world, that he was the Messiah, that he had done what no man could do. That ain't happening. But for some of you, that's a little too disconnected because that's him praying about something that would happen after he'd even be gone. What about in his own life? Okay. What about in the garden? If you're looking for a place, it's recorded in a few spots, but Matthew 26 will give you a start. Jesus is about to be arrested, falsely tried, crucified where he would ultimately die, placed in a borrowed tomb. And before this is going to happen, Jesus takes 11 of his disciples, because the one who is going to betray him has already left to go and betray him. And he takes them to a garden called Gethsemane. And he leaves eight of them there, and he says, y'all just hang out here, keep watch for us. And he takes his inner group of three a little bit further on into the garden. He says, would you pray with me? Because I am in great anguish. And they say, all right, bet Jesus, we'll do this. And Jesus goes on a little further. And it would appear for about three hours, Jesus prayed for the same thing. 
In fact, he comes back twice to his disciples who have fallen asleep. And he's like, yo, y'all keep praying with me for an hour? Come on. But the whole time Jesus prayed, he prayed this. Father, this cup that you've assigned to me, in other words, this work that you have for me to do, I don't want to do it. If there's any other way this can be done, God, please, please don't make me go through this. Because you forget that Jesus was, yes, fully God, but fully man. He hurt like you hurt. He, he feels like you feel. And he knew what was coming. And he prayed for another way. To maybe say it a different way. He, he prayed, God, is there a way for the sin of people to be handled without me having to be the sacrifice? And God didn't answer his prayer. Jesus was horrifically beaten as a human. He received lashes on his body that would have literally ripped the majority of the flesh intact on his body off of him. The pain he went through was unimaginable and he knew what was coming. He said, if there's another way God, don't let this happen. But it happened. His prayer was not answered. Why? Because Jesus didn't have the faith? Of course not. Because sometimes God might not heal with our faith. Sometimes we may have all the faith and God just may choose not to heal. God just may decide not to heal. But the thing I want you to see in Jesus is that didn't stop Jesus from praying because he wanted his father to get the glory regardless. Jesus did not allow an unanswered prayer request to deter him from continuing to reach out to his father. Jesus did not allow the, the fact that what he wanted in a moment did not happen to prevent him from calling on God by faith to do what only his heavenly father could do. You see, the outcomes of our praying should not determine the occurrence of our praying. Whether or not God does what we pray for or not should not cause us to stop praying. We should not be more a person who prays because it seems like God is answering us when we pray. And we should not be less a person of prayer because it seems like I keep praying and nothing's happening. Because sometimes you want God to heal a thing. You want God to work a miracle on a thing. The real reason you want God to heal that there is because then you won't need God anymore. Some of you, you just, it's like, if God would just do this, and you say it sincerely, but in your heart of hearts, you know, like, if that was handled, I don't even know if I need God. I don't know if I need this faith. I don't know if I need this. I... And what if God is giving you grace by not answering your prayers? Because he knows that you can't handle what you're praying for right now. What if it's grace that says, nah, not right now. See, because we read Matthew chapter 9 as we started on today. And we see the healings, but we forget their history. It appears that the religious leader's daughter had been sick for a while. 
In fact, there are many commentators, many scholars, because this story is recorded in many of the Gospels. We know his name. His name is Jairus. And, and it, many people believe that the way the sickness is talked about, that maybe his daughter had been sick since she was born. And he leaves from where he was and goes a decent stretch to where Jesus was. Jesus was not around the corner. How do you know? Because by the time Jesus gets back with the leader to the house, the fluters are fluting. What does that mean? They are having a funeral. I don't know if he had to go a few days journey, a few hours journey, but um, he had to go a distance to get to Jesus. And uh, when you have someone who's been sick for a long time, you've probably got the funeral arrangements already in order, even though you don't need it yet. The woman with the issue of blood, the scripture says, has been struggling for 12 years. For 12 years, she has fought. For 12 years, she has hurt. For 12 years, she had prayed, maybe this doctor will be the one who can figure out what's wrong with me. Maybe this physician, maybe this treatment, maybe this essential oil will be the one. Maybe this, maybe this healer. I heard a guy named Jesus is coming through. For 12 years, she had hurt. She had prayed. She had asked. The blind men, had more than likely been blind for their whole life because once they are able to see, they run and tell everyone. It wasn't that their vision started to wane and now they spent a few weeks and things are a little blurry. There's a good chance they had never been able to see. And now, after a lifetime of struggle, they came in contact with the one who can heal. Which leaves me today with this question for you. And it's not meant to be a question to push you down, but to pull you up. What if healing just hasn't happened yet? What if healing for you? What if healing there? What if healing in your mind? What if healing in your emotions? What if healing in your anxiety? What if healing in your physical body? What if healing in your neighborhood? What if healing in our city just hasn't happened yet? See, our position by faith is that God always can heal. Every day, every morning, every night, fully within him is the power to heal, the power to restore, the power to make right, the power to do what only he can do. It's always within him. We don't need to work up the perfect storm. We don't need the right environment. We just need one touch from his hand. And so we keep asking and we keep believing and we keep seeking and we keep knocking and we're ready for him to do it whenever he wants to do it. Because the faith to believe God can heal, to ask God to heal, glorifies God, which is why your faith matters. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because the righteous live their lives by faith. Because your faith has saved you. But faith for God to heal looks like asking God to heal. What is faith for God to heal my mind? Faith for God to heal my body? Faith for God to heal relationships I thought I'd never have again? What is faith for God to heal like that look like? Keep asking. Keep asking. But it's been a long time, I know. The woman with the issue of blood had been sick for 12 years. It's been a long time. The religious or the, the leader's daughter had, uh, had been sick her whole life. The stress on, on him. You get to the point where you're tired of trying. You're just trying to maintain. You get to the point where you're trying to just keep up the quality of life. You're done with new. But he kept asking. The blind men, this was not their first 
reach out to somebody in some way to bring healing to them. This was not their first opportunity to pray and somehow ask somebody somewhere to heal them. But they asked again. So today I want to do two things as we close. I want to pray for you. In fact, if you're watching at Church Online, our hosts are available to pray with you right now, as they are every week. But I want to pray, yes, for healing. For those of you who would say, I have something I need God to heal. There's a sickness in my body. There's a, there's a, there's a wrecking in my mind. There's an addiction. There's a struggle. There's a pain. There's a relationship. And I need God to heal. I want to pray for that. But I also want to pray for the faith in you to keep asking. That whether or not God does it in this moment or another moment, you would not allow it to deter your faith. Whether or not he does it now, he does it later, or he does it on the other side, you would not allow it to deter your faith. That you keep knocking, you keep asking, you keep praying, so that when he does it, all the credit goes to him. All the honor goes to him. All the glory goes to him because he's the God who can heal. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you today. And I pray for every person listening, watching under the sound of my voice right now who needs you to heal them. Some of them by faith in their mind, in their heart right now, they're pushing through the crowd to get to you. And Father, I pray you do what only you can do, that you would heal bodies that are hurting. You would, you would wipe away disease. You would bring wholeness and strength back to people physically. That you would restore sanity. You would restore peace to people's minds. You would be their peace like only you can. That you would do, Heavenly Father, what only you can do. And we ask you to heal because, God, we know you can heal. Heavenly Father, I pray for all of us that we would be people who live our lives believing you can heal. And we would never get tired of asking you because we know that when you decide to heal, we want you to get all the honor. We want you to get all the credit. And we know the little bit of faith that we bring to the table will bring a little more honor to you, a little more glory to you. And that's all we want. And so for people who've been praying for years, Father, I pray you give them the strength to pray for years more. For people who've been asking for decades, I pray you give them the strength to ask for decades more. For people who have uh, resigned themselves to believe that the way they are is the way that they will always be, Father, I pray you give them the strength and the faith and the encouragement to keep on asking, to keep on believing, to, to, to know that if they're not dead, you're not done. And God, you can change and you can heal and you can restore and you can do what only you can do. Because God, we believe you can heal. And so today we ask you to begin to do it to do it completely for the honor of your great name. God, we thank you. We pray all this in your name. Amen.